0: Welcome to Gu Dao Xing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Taoism to uncover its timeless wisdom and discuss how to apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm David Wang, executive coach. I'm joined by my co-host Ian Felton, practicing psychotherapist. Hello, Yen, Good morning. Morning, David. How have you been?
1: Very busy these days, but it's, it's coming, coming along.
0: Okay, I see. I see. I hope that uh, during your, bu- your busy moments, you have a moment of walking the timeless way uh, this past week.
1: Yes, even in the midst of what seems like um, raging rapids, yes, there's still that connection to to Tao, um, to the principles that we try to embody and notice. And yes, even when things seem like they are just flying by, there's still glimpses of you know, those, those walking the timeless way moments. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could you share the, some specifics with our listeners?
1: Sure. I was, I was helping one of our customers with a particular problem and they happen to be set up as a, um, So our customers being psychotherapists and um, mental health professionals. And there's all types of ways to set that that clinics and businesses run, but a a pretty typical clinical model is what we're used to, right? Like there's there's the owners and the people at the top and the administrators and the people underneath who kind of take – Um, direction from the people at the top. And this particular customer is is set up as a collaborative. So basically a completely different structure where there's shared resources and and people kind of gather together to set up um, things in a way to where it's it's collaborative, they're sharing, there's not a hierarchy. It's about working as a whole rather than as separate entities or cogs in a wheel. Mm-hmm. And it, it just really struck me how rare that sort of uh, setup is when, when almost everyone either you're set up individually, independently, or more of a traditional hierarchical model. Mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it, it just, my connection when I was working with, um, the customer, it, it was just this feeling of, um, wow, wouldn't it be nice if, if mm-hmm. this was the normal model instead of it being the exception and just imagining how the whole world would be different if Mm -hmm. that was the mentality that i see i see we're we're in um in a different mindset currently
0: okay i see i see um so in your working with them through you know the nitty-gritty details and uh what would you kind of imagine that uh, collaborative model like, and what kind of impact it may, what kind of difference it may make, you know, uh, versus the traditional hierarchical way you think?
1: Well, when you have autonomy and you recognize that you have autonomy, mm-hmm. the other side of the coin of that is responsibility. Then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, if yes, I have more freedom and my input is more valuable, but that also means now I have a bigger responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think what we see in our culture is that when things are so top down mm-hmm. and there isn't, you know, as much autonomy people Mm -hmm. also absolve themselves of responsibility it's like oh you know i'm i'm paying all these taxes so someone else is you know taking care of the problems i did Mm -hmm. my part and then particularly when people see that how much corruption and you know how much trust they have lost and Mm -hmm. the people at the top of that hierarchy it becomes an even bigger problem
0: Right. I understand. Well, actually, you know, this uh, moment that you just share have, you know, has great relevance to what we're discussing today. So, um, you know, we're studying Chapter uh, 17. Mm -hmm. And um, well, maybe let's get into it and we can connect back to this moment that you had this past week.
1: That sounds great.
0: Great. You know, as always, uh, to get started uh, with a new chapter, I would like you to read in original, uh, you know, Chinese, uh, the original text.
1: I'm happy to do so. So chapter 17. 太上不知有知, 起策, Chi 起策, Wei That's great That's great Uh so when you
0: Read this uh, when something is like repeat. What what word is repeated in here?
1: Well, there's the the first phrase, the the qi tzu, is like the next, right. the next, the next, the next.
0: Right, right, right. Um,
1: the one the one that stands out to me the most mm-hmm. is is sheen, and I don't know if that's the one that you're thinking yeah. Of.
0: Oh, of course, of course. That's uh, I think that's a word we can we can uh, zoom in on uh, when we study this text, uh, the, this chapter. Uh, I okay. think it's a key word. I mean, yeah. especially when you talked about, you know, paying taxes, you know, the people in power, you know, mm-hmm. do we have actually have xin, uh, mm-hmm. in them. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in re, you know, also in return, uh can they really do they really believe in people i think Xing is mutual right we'll talk, yes we'll talk about that yeah the
1: tr- trust being the just kind yeah. of a basic basic definition
0: absolutely when i study this chapter uh this word is a key i, I mean i yeah. just think about lots of uh you know what's going on mm-hmm. uh you know today in this world yeah Okay, great. But before we do that, let's, um, l- let me share uh, with our listeners the uh, translation, a uh, version of the translation. Uh, my favorite ones uh, from Stephen Mitchell, mm-hmm. and the, for this, uh, the text, uh, the original Chinese text you just re- shared. Okay. When the master governs, the people are hardly aware that he exists. Next best is a leader who is loved. Next, one who is feared. The worst is one who is despised. If you don't trust the people, you make them untrustworthy. The master doesn't talk. He acts. When his work is done, the people say, amazing, we did it. All mm. by ourselves. Mm. What do you think of this translation?
1: Yeah, I really like it. There the I've seen so many translations of the last three characters, the what's a run. Yeah. And I think I think that's what's interesting, just because it it's three characters in Chinese and most of the translations kind of expand on that yep. to to bend it to a particular point of view With, without um, invalidating any of the translations, what do you think what's your translation of what's around mm. in the context of this chapter?
0: Yeah, uh, I think the nature is a very, very uh, ancient and also it's one of the you know major concepts in the Chinese language. Uh, even today, uh, you know, if somebody goes on to the stage uh, to speak, you know, we encourage him or her to say uh nature, mm-hmm. and uh, just like all going to an interview, yeah, just like be yourself, mm-hmm. right? So I think that, you know, originated from actually the Taoist idea. I think it's one of the core Taoist uh, core ideas uh, in Taoism. Mm-hmm. Um Wow, well, it, it has lots of layers of meaning in it. Mm-hmm. In here, uh, I would say. I mean, it's hard to find exactly a word uh, for it. 我自然, but what. It essentially it describes is the, a state of nature I would say a state of nature that before any people anyone you know way back in ancient human history, anyone who uh, claimed that you know I'm smarter, you know I know the way somebody who is just intervening uh, and before all that um, that's the state where people live in. You know it's in a more kind of a natural state they just uh, behaved in uh, you know following their natural instincts Mm -hmm. yeah so that's my understanding of it thanks yeah it has uh, you know it has a you know when you train you know there's you know people used to say uh when you translate something right it's all lost in translation Mm -hmm. I think this version uh, from you know uh, Stephen Mitchell uh, captures a portion of it. We've done all you know all by ourselves, uh, but it has more meaning than that. I would okay. say, but I, I think it captures the probably in this context the uh, the majority of the hmm. you know the meaning. Okay. Yeah so uh how would you like to maybe i think uh you know you mentioned earlier this uh uh the cheats and uh, the repetition right Mm -hmm. the rhyme Mm -hmm. of because a lot of the time the original text you know it's like a poetry Mm -hmm. uh really cheats in you know in this particular chapter signals to the reader uh a progression right Mm -hmm. so Lao Tzu talked about four types of leaders, from the very best uh, to the worst. Perhaps uh, you could share, you know, with our leaders, you know, the what what, what types of four leaders? Why, you know, uh, these they're the the best and the worst.
1: Yeah. So, in Lao Tzu's estimation at the height of leadership, the people don't even know that they're there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I think, and again, just Lao Tzu's brilliance in writing, even um, in such a simple way, mm-hmm. that first line of this chapter, when he says, you know, the, the, the best, the people don't even know that they're there of course there's a direct connection then to because
0: that's a great connection yeah you are making yes absolutely if
1: if the people don't know that the leader is there of of course the logical conclusion is when all the stuff gets accomplished they're going to be like look we did it
0: right right yeah, that's and, a good point. Yeah. And, and so Lao
1: are really bookended this this chapter that way and and he's right of course because that's precisely um how things work. It, it things are ecological. If if it wasn't for everything in that web, it wouldn't get done. And so uh, 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 of course the people should take credit for what happened. so but i'm not going to get mired in that so at the highest that's the highest the people are like yeah we we didn't even have a leader or anyone guiding us that it, it we just we were able to make it happen the next level of leaders Lao Tzu says they're loved and admired so you know yeah they the people feel this kind of filial love toward them, like family. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And they really appreciate them. And we can talk about um, what, why they're higher or, or lower, Mm -hmm. but then the, the next level of leader, people are afraid of them. So, Mm you know, yeah, they do the, the people do what they do just because they don't want to face any of the repercussions. They don't want to get, you know, single singled out for making a mistake or something like that. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, like, uh, I was watching a show, a popular show called the bear Mm -hmm. and it's really good. But, um, they were making these contrasts between it's about leadership too. Mm -hmm. And they were making these contrasts or that's one of the themes is leadership, but contrasting this really, really, really high end world-class restaurant and the way that it was ran, it would be just, it would, it would fit way wager. So the, the people are afraid they don't want, Mm -hmm. they don't want to make a mistake like, maybe they respect that person who's in charge because of their accomplishments and their status. And so, Mm -hmm. um, they do want to do a good job, but, Mm -hmm. but basically they're just afraid of this person because they Mm -hmm. know if they make a mistake, they're going to get screamed at, they're going to get yelled at, they're going to be humiliated.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and then the, the lowest version is, um, so the the wool type of um, leader, they're just despised. So people don't respect them. They 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 don't even fear them anymore. They just hate and despise them, and they would probably you know like to see them disappear.
0: I see. So among those four types of leadership, um, what have you encountered? Like, uh, do you, have you encountered like all four or mm-hmm. ma- the majority of the time, you know, like a particular type?
1: Yeah, I think I've encountered all four types for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one boss who was a really great boss, um, again, he he believed in my, my capabilities and my character. So Mm we, we would just have not even very long meetings. He would just kind of come over and say, Hey, we need this, 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 and this. And he would disappear until I felt like I had something to show him. And then we would check in and he would make, Maybe some comments, but overall, there wasn't a whole lot to to change, but I mean that was basically it. It was kind of like I knew that he was there because his office was on the other side of the room and I would see right. him or whatever yeah, but like yeah. I didn't know he was there when I was working and he wasn't interrupting me, and I was just it it was he I could tell he trusted me and that made me want to do a better job It made me want to live up to the trust that he was obviously putting in me by just kind of having these brief conversations about what needed to be done and then leaving me alone until it was time. And then, you know, giving whatever feedback was required. And, and it was awesome. I mean, I still just remember how enjoyable that was because I enjoyed my, my work then. I liked coming into work. I wasn't like dreading the next conversation with mm-hmm. my boss. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a single conversation with him where I felt like bad about myself.
0: Mm-hmm. W- when was it? Uh, like uh, 10 years ago or it was it? A- you know, it's it's 20. interesting, just 20 years ago. Okay. So it's just interesting, just even nowadays, uh, when you talked about it, you know, I can see you describing it, you're still savoring mm-hmm. that experience. You know, I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tells me that, you know, this leader must have had a, you know, really great positive impact on you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Ed, I'm sure you're not listening, but yeah, he. You were an awesome, an awesome boss. Yeah. And, and even, and I know it wasn't, it wasn't even the culture of the organization I was working for. I mean, it was just mm. him. That, that was just his, his leadership style.
0: I see. So, even with, uh, you know, a, a bigger organization with uh, another set of culture, uh, you know, a, a particular person, manager or boss, uh, you know, who manages differently, you know, can make such a difference, which reminds me mm-hmm. of, you know, as an executive coach, you know, there's an adage saying that people uh, choose to work uh, for an organization because because of its name, reputation, mm-hmm. but they leave an organization because of their boss. I think there's a lot of truth in it because just, you know, your, your sharing just gives an, another example of, like an organization may have a different macro culture, but the, the micro uh, climate that a particular uh, manager or boss sets up is so critical.
1: Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What about other types? Yeah,
1: I mean, the, the kind that's just sort of like loved and appreciated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know that I've en- encountered that one a whole lot. Of just like, I mean, I know kind of who they're describing. It's more about the per. They're, they're just they're really just trying to be encouraging and that sort of thing. But maybe they don't. It's it's not necessarily that that higher type of leadership because there's almost like the the flip side of that one is that you don't necessarily feel like someone is kind of holding it all together that way that they're more concerned about being loved and revered, that that's kind of what they're focused on rather than that bigger kind of holding it all together just through their spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, I see. I see. But, but definitely, uh, did you have a question there about that one?
0: Yeah, I want to comment on this. Uh, This type of leader, I've seen that a lot uh, Mm -hmm. within organization too. Uh, Basically, I think the leader, as you observe, the leader, him or herself, I think is in the process of getting to the kind of next level of leadership. I think during that stage, uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of exchange between the leader and a follower. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leader usually, you know, takes good care of the team mm-hmm. members. Uh, in return, the team members will give give the best of their work. So there's a lot of I, I would say this is more uh, very um, uh, it's I wouldn't say transaction. The, the, the first leader you talked about we, what we call transformational leadership. But the one that, uh, you know, the second one, I would say uh, transactional leadership, but in the sense of, you know, people recognize, you know, the, the team members recognize the value of that leader, for example, giving them uh, rewards. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the leader can navigate better than the team members in the bigger organization to remove the barriers for them. Mm-hmm. So the leader has a lot of resources and also has at, at that stage is, I, I think it's still very caring about mm-hmm. the individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I think in the Chinese historical context, uh, it's like a more like a confusion leader, mm-hmm. which is like paternal, but it's like the relationship is more of a parent, uh, mm-hmm. you know, son daughter relationship.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's still higher there that hierarchy there
0: yeah it's uh definitely it's uh uh hierarchical uh but in the benevolent sense mm. uh it's not uh, autocracy yeah. uh, I would say it's not a totalitarian so mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding of let's say the Chinese government so if the Chinese government is run totally by you know autocracy uh, there would be a revolt you know yeah. but, Throughout history, there's uh, uh, like uh, emperors like that, which are overthrown by people. But if the, uh, the re- reason some of the uh, dynasty reign longer because they practice this second type of leadership until it gets really bad, to this, uh, it, it, de- uh, it kind of uh, uh, deteriorates into the, the, the third leadership and the, uh, the fourth mm-hmm. kind of leadership.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Because obviously, people, when you get into the third, where people are afraid of that person, yeah, yeah. they're, they're obviously not going to stay in that situation any longer than right. they have to. And once it gets so bad that they're not even afraid anymore, that they just hate that person. That's where it's like, yeah, they obviously don't feel like there's anything left to lose, and that at that point, you know, that's where it's going to, you know, be an extreme reaction.
0: Yes, yes. So, uh, have you encountered the third and fourth types of uh, leaders in your experience?
1: Third, um, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I've gone on to teams. Of Mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily my, my boss, but more of like the, the team lead, like the person underneath the boss and just people who were so overbearing and critical and, um, just power hungry that, yeah, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even stand being around Mm -hmm.
0: them. Right. 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 Uh, why do you think they're you know people fear them why, what what about them that make them make other people fear this kind of leader do you think
1: well i think when people have been i mean when you if if they use it depends on what tactics they use but i think if they use you know public humiliation mm-hmm. or um or just um the pressure of um, making someone feel less than human that, Mm -hmm. you know, I think anytime that trust breaks down, because that's obviously the theme that we're going to get into the the function Mm -hmm. of trust and Mm -hmm. moderating all of these leadership roles. But yeah, when when trust breaks down, I mean, a lot of people already have challenges trusting people. And if you're someone who has had a lot of experiences with people that have kind of given you plenty of evidence that, yeah, if if you can't trust someone, the con- if they're not trustworthy, the consequences can be severe. You can be seriously hurt, then... I think any encounter with a, with a leader who has that power over your situation, if there's no trust there, I think, yeah, it's going to lead to just really not liking that person and being afraid of what they might do.
0: Mm -hmm. What kind of trust is that trust of, uh, do you think that leader, Trust the, the team members and the team members uh, they so how does that tr- do you think uh, you, you know do you think or observe that trust or distrust works in between this kind of leader the third type of leader and uh, the the you know the team members or the followers
1: yeah I mean in psychology there's kind of two mm-hmm. basic Orientations to human nature. There's one that people are just, you know, kind of aggressive and full of all these desires, and they're only holding them back because of societal norms. Mm -hmm. And that if, you know, you strip those away, Mm -hmm. people would just be, you know, these barbarians, just completely out of control. Mm -hmm. But there's another orientation in um, psychology that actually posits that people are more interested in growth, harmony, healthy relationships, connection, um, loving, being Mm -hmm. loved, Mm -hmm. and and I think that is more our true nature. I think that we have obviously we have aggression mm-hmm. in our DNA, but I think that arises when this other stuff breaks down. Like when when we're not when we're not in an environment where we can be Zoran just like connected to each other and Mm -hmm. trusting each other and helping each other Mm -hmm. and growing and learning and showing our worth and seeing what other people are contributing. That's our natural state. I mean, that's how we survive through cooperation. I mean, if just being aggressive and competitive was our natural state, we wouldn't have survived as a species because we would, we never would have, cooperated long enough to do the things that we did throughout history and i think that it's it's more civilizations that are are based upon you know lack of trust that create aggress- aggression and stress and toxicity and all those sort of things
0: mm-hmm. so what you're saying is uh, when you look at the human nature, uh, would you say it's mixed or is it primarily collaborative but with competitive instinct or primarily competitive but with collaborative instinct? Would, would,
1: yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's definitely mixed, but I do think that between competing and competition, which... tends to mean kind of like humiliating your competitors and there being one person who rises above. I think that's more of a recent cultural invention that kind of distorts our nature and I think um, we're more of the you know sharing cooperating mutual respect, trusting each other, helping each other. I think that's more of our, our natural drive, more of our natural drive.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at history, right? Do you think history is dominated by the state we're in right now? Or do you think history is, you know, has lots of episodes of, collaboration, when you look at, like, uh, in your recent, you know, I can imagine maybe in your, our lifetime, you know, you and me, we, for the most time, ty- you know, most part of our life, you know, we see there's a rising of probably collaboration or, you know, globalization, I would mm-hmm. say, be part of it, even though I would argue that globalization is very superficial. It mm-hmm. hasn't yeah. been deepening in the Mm -hmm. collaboration. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have been living in a period when we are connecting more, collaborating more, you know, enabled by the technology, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at beyond our lifetime and just study history, do you see, you know, collaboration? Do you see competition? Do you see a mix of them if you look at history?
1: Yeah, I mean clearly, since I mean post-agriculture history, which is written history, which is what we have to go on, right? Um, it's both. I mean, I think that there's clearly there's collaboration and cooperation within a civilization; otherwise, it would never be able to be sustained. It would just fall apart if it, if it was just nonstop, right? Um, competing. Um, but obviously, littered history is littered with w- war and revolution. Um, right. Rev- revolution when, because people obviously are really dissatisfied with the leaders of their country and war because people haven't been able to, um, Communicate ways of of sharing and cooperating, and so it turns to um, using force and power. All right. and and certainly stuff like that happened even before civilization. Because you know, if you watch Chimp Empire mm-hmm. on Netflix, you also see we evolved from primates, and primates um, war with each other, but within the troop it's a lot of cooperation i mean grooming each other and um for for parasites and just touch and soothing each other's nervous system and cooperating with each other in childcare and even patrolling and that sort of thing right that it it's it's the the chimp that that is off on its own that is going to have problems that mm-hmm. Even the leader of the chimps, they have to have um, the cooperation of everyone else or else they're, they're not going to be able to stay as the leader. So obviously there, there's a history there um, mm-hmm. that shows, yes, aggression is in our genes. There's no escaping it. But it still ultimately has to be a last resort, and it has to be um, – it can't be fundamental in, in how we exist. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, so along that line, where do you think our society is heading toward? in terms of the direction, the, you know, certainly, you know, throughout history, there's it's a mixed track Mm -hmm. record, right? So where are we heading? Why we're heading into that kind of direction?
1: Oh, I mean, it, it's quite obvious that the the leadership of the United States, I'm just speaking from the United States. I don't know uh, about every country, but I think the, the leadership over, we're not talking about, you know, one presidency. We're talking about over mm-hmm. a large period of time has failed. That's why the people feel the way that they do know. They feel there's no trust in institutions. And it's that's not because people are stupid. It's because they've seen what has happened over time. They, they see, you know, all the decisions that get made to make wealthy people even wealthier while inflation eats away their savings. They, they are told constantly, you know, you're not going to mm-hmm. have Social Security when mm-hmm. it's time to retire. I mean, people, they've lost total trust in the system that, you know, is collecting all these taxes out of their paycheck and going to this and going to that and they're mm-hmm. like well they they don't feel cared for. They don't feel that they matter. And so this is where we're at. We're we're at a place where trust has completely eroded. Um you know, you have presidential candidates even going back to the 2016 race and just how pivotal the moment that was when Hillary Clinton said, you know, half of these people are deplorables. Mm -hmm. Does that sound like a leader that trusts the people that she wants to?
0: Of course not.
1: Right. Yeah. Be president for, I mean,
0: yep. How's that going to work? So yeah. Yeah. That reveals her mindset. Um, Yep. So would you say the leaders were, so if you look at, okay, let's let's take a, a step back and look at the entire founding of this country and look at the entire, uh, you know, history and the different kinds of presidents, right? So let's, you know, just do a, uh, a little, you know, mental exercise and let's say uh, different styles of presidential leadership right where would you put a certain individual in 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 the four categories we're talking about um uh, even not a perfect match like when you think about uh, the the best leader or the type one leader from based on your reading of the president of, of course we don't know everything about them because of history tend to you know, make them, you know, much much bigger, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, generally speaking, are there presidents in the past that belong to the, you know, if not the first category, maybe second category, something like that?
1: Well, I mean, it's probably cliche, but mm-hmm. just based upon the fact that George Washington, mm. at the height of his power and influence, did the right thing for the country and stepped away from all of that power rather than, you know, he probably could have held on to that as long as he wanted. And, and he did not. So I I would say he almost certainly was that, that highest level
0: because Mm -hmm. literally
1: he, he didn't even want, I mean, he just, he just, resigned the the role knowing that that's what needed to be done to set the example and so mm-hmm. that seems to me to be the case it's tough it's tough to know just because I think you have to be under that leadership to feel really what it feels like versus what just a historian says but like
0: right 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 exactly I, I agree yep. like
1: Obama he seemed like really about the wanting to be the, the second tier, like really needed to be loved and admired. And I think that, Mm -hmm. that's what, you know, that's how people reacted to, like, that was his, his way of presenting himself. It was just, you know,
0: maybe Jimmy Carter, uh, would be something like that too, especially Mm -hmm. after her, after his, Mm -hmm presidency you know he's done a lot in different fields and uh he's loved by many people uh, mm-hmm. if you take out the you know uh party labeling
1: yeah um the third probably i mean again i wasn't underneath mm-hmm. I mean, but just the reputation i would say the third probably like richard nixon i mean i think people were afraid of him i think he was known as being pretty firm and Mm -hmm. Um, you know unpredictable to some extent and i think people i think he had a reputation of people kind of fearing his his um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. leadership and then i think in this day and age for you know just being despised all you have to be is just the other party you know if you're if you're a Democrat, you're probably going to despise the Republican president and vice versa, because we've become so tribal and the media has distorted everything to such an extent that people aren't even seeing the real leader anymore. They're just despising, you know, a perceived
0: enemy. Right. Talking about Nixon, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, he's perceived differently in China because of his role in establishing the the, the normalization of the the relationships between mm-hmm. the two countries. And I think the reason people see him, um, you know, he, the Watergate. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big, you know, uh, a stigma for him, mm-hmm. right? And also, I read a lot about his stories, and as you said. You know, very uh, people feared him. You know, he has uh, that temper in the mm-hmm. inner psych, uh, circle. Even people analyze that, you know, he hasn't fully dealt with his shadows yet, self, mm-hmm. you know, from a psychological perspective. But people also had to, um, uh, like, acknowledge his strategic vision. You know, I think the things that I heard on the China side is uh, the current administration, like, for example, Biden, they have a very myopic, either, mm. even fearful vision about the relationship. While, mm. you know, Nixon was a Republican, right? I mean, mm. he's, mm. you know, quintessentially uh, essentially against uh, communism during mm. that time. But he was able to break, think out of the box and, uh, and and establishing the relationship with that China. That is a visionary and statesman type mm. of leader. While, for example, Biden, uh, because he knows how to, uh, you know, how to manage this big country relationship uh, strategically, you know, both for the uh, United States and for the world. But he was so afraid of other people saying he's weak. Mm-hmm. So he's actually, you know, taking a lot of actions, which is against his own, you know, best mm-hmm. intent uh, expressed to the China leader sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I thought that is a very interesting perspective because sometimes, you know, I know uh, th- you know, Lao Tzu put these into very neatly into yeah. categories, but when you look at the leaders like Nixon, who is very complex and, um, but he, he's sometimes like a history making mm-hmm. in a lot of sense. What do you think about that perspective?
1: Yeah, I think that's important to note that, yes, people don't just have this quality where it's like, yep, they're the third type or the fourth type that it's it's contextual. It Mm -hmm. matters. You know, are you talking about how they interact with their cabinet or how they interact with um, foreign diplomats and, and that sort of thing? You know. People right. And people can obviously be quite, quite different. They can be incredibly loving and trusting toward some and completely suspicious toward others. And so I think that that's um, an important point to make out that n- no one has just this like essence where right. they're, they're always the same in every situation. we're, We're a product of our of whatever environment that we're in, and whatever and culture and Mm -hmm. the situation is going to play a big part of that.
0: Right, right. I mean, even President like uh, Trump, you Mm -hmm. know, again, as you said, depending on you know which side of the party, Mm -hmm. um, you you know, if um, he does something, there there's a point of view. uh, You know, people say he doesn't have a cohesive. Uh, you know, policy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't follow principle. Uh, well, depending on what principle you're talking about, if you're talking about the principles of the think tanks, okay, maybe he doesn't fit into. Mm-hmm. But I do. I do think he has a certain orientation. You know, I, I myself is not a. You know, I, I don't like certain aspects of his personality. But mm-hmm. if you take a step back and look at you know, certain orientation of the world. Uh, for example, American first, depending on how you understand mm-hmm. it, because I think the even the American's role in the, in the global arena has a lot to do about its ability to take care of itself, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that is a very powerful theme. You know, of course, people, because of our competitive nature of individuals and nations every every country Mm -hmm. wants to be the best but Mm -hmm. the pathway to the best is to strengthen ourselves as is not to be meddling and spreading ourselves to things across the globe right so he has a point but interestingly like you know depending on like do you like him the way he's you know some his personal life and all these things but how are we going to see these leaders who are so complex?
1: Yeah, I think it, it, that's the other important thing to remember is that there's a whole media industry mm-hmm. that are trying to use people as political pawns. Mm. And if you're formulating all of your beliefs about someone without actually looking at the the details and just reading headlines and reacting to things. I mean, being in that place, you're probably just being used. Um, and it's good to be uh, aware of that, that, um, you have to look deeper than just the headlines.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, so getting back to this chapter, uh, do you think that Laozi, obviously from Lao's chapter, you know his preference, he, he puts the the certain type of leader at the very first, right? At the mm-hmm. the, the the kind of the best leader type, which uh, which aligns with his you know his um, philosophy about Dao, right? Mm-hmm. So the best leader, the way he describes it. Is pretty much in alignment with the heavenly way. So mm-hmm. I was wondering, um, you know, that's how, what kind of a benefits? Do you think he is too idealistic because we're living in, uh, you know, in a mixed world? Human nature is mixed. Uh, can you totally rely on his best leader? Or, or you may be different depending on different situation. Uh, you used... Apply different types of leadership
1: yeah i mean it, it's it comes back to that trust if if you're in a situation where trust can be maintained and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everyone is on board, then yeah there i don't think it's too idealistic um
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: you know just looking at um my experience as a co-founder for a company if when you're working with your co-founders do you trust that everyone is vested in the success of the mission if you will
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I look at it like all you're doing is multiplying the eyes that you have to scan the terrain and to work the terrain. So, you know, if it's just me going through an environment, I only have my eyes and I only have my hands Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I can only see so much of the terrain and I can only work so much of the terrain as I'm going through it. But now that's add a second pair of eyes and hands. If I trust that person's judgment and abilities, well, now we've just added more eyes to the terrain. We've added more hands that can work that area. And we just keep adding. And as long as again, that trust is there. We're trusting, oh, this person is seeing something that I don't see. Now I can, and I can use that information to help me with what I'm doing and vice versa. And if everyone is sharing what they're seeing and what they're doing and accomplishing, all that we're doing is just adding, we're removing blind spots. We're seeing more of the picture. We're able to have a sharper image and we're able to get more done knowing that each person is handling the things that they see that need done, that they're capable of doing. And at the end of the day, now that's not just a multiplier. I mean, there's something logarithmic about it that, um, you know, it's greater than the sum of those parts. So I think that's realistic. And I think that every, kind of startup that succeeded, I'd say most of them, if they didn't have that trust with the, the, the founders and the people that, that started it, it's probably not going to succeed because they'd be working against each other too much and not trusting each other's input enough and they wouldn't be making good decisions. So, you know, I, I, think, I think that proves itself out a lot in the marketplace.
0: That's such a great point. I think in what you're saying lies a deep insight uh, because that trust is so, uh, so fundamental. Where do you think that trust comes from? You know, what, there must be a pre- some kind of a prerequisite. It, it, do you think that trust is a natural instinct of people or distrust is a natural instinct of people?
1: I think we're intuitive to a large extent. I mean, I think we intuitively trust or don't trust.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and then after that, we just have to use our own judgments and experience over time. And that's fluid too. Like I'm sure there's, you know, some days where, oh, maybe I don't trust what this person is saying, but it's a ratio. It's just like mm-hmm. they talk about with, with relationships, if you have three negative interactions with someone for every positive interaction, you're going to have a negative sentiment toward that person. If you have three positive interactions with someone for every negative one, it can sustain that negative interaction because that ratio is, is such. So...
0: So it's a combination of mm. intuition, instinct, and a real experience, right? You yeah. use, That is the very kind of a more of a dynamic process. You know, when yeah. you first meet a person, you know, we always say a first imp- impression is very important, right? And mm-hmm. it, it turned out true, right? A lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, your first impression is that deep, you know, uh, feeling mm-hmm. of a particular person. But, you know, sometimes you have to keep your minds open and say, okay, let me experience with that person, you know, Mm -hmm. through real kind of working experience or living experience. And then that track record, that score, that mental scoring is happening all the time. As you said, Mm -hmm. maybe it's like four out of 10, you know, Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, eight out of 10, you know, this person Mm -hmm. either Reinforces my trust, original trust, or breaks that down. Yeah, is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a, maybe we're running out of time for this uh, discussion. But one thing that uh, you know, in um, reading the Taoism, I think the first time it would be interesting to talk about your f- kind of first instinct of a certain you know, individual that fosters trust, because I think in there, there might be a theme of uh, if that person has a more of a selfish uh, tendency Mm -hmm. or a group tendency, I think that's important because when you see a lot of the leaders today, they can talk about the, you know, the greater good story, but Mm -hmm. deep inside them, they're really selfish. I think we're seeing more because of the transparency yeah. of the social media. We're seeing more of more such a person and um, that breaks down a lot of the trust. At the first, we believe in their story. You know, mm-hmm. we're inspired because this person is uh, representing the greater interest, right? The whole group. Mm-hmm. But later on, you feel like, okay, they, they are not turned out not like that. Uh, I think in our world, I think I see a lot of those, but, you know, maybe that's for the next discussion.
1: Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that makes sense. Just trying to um, maybe weave in some discernment. How do we discern, maybe we can talk about that next time. How do we discern these, you know, higher leaders from the lower ones when every, everything is so complex, every, including the individual and when people and the world is so complicated and we have so many deceptions and lies and ai-generated stuff coming at us how are we even supposed to know
0: yeah i mean if you think about the chapter two of dao de Jing, allows made the very uh, keen observation about when when people all say certain things are beautiful then ugly happens mm. when people so if we all aspire when we like to see leaders of the first type and the, the the really false leader who pretends to be that first leader happens mm. i think that's the trickery of the human nature uh so developing that immune system mm. that discernment is so important because you know the second the if you tell people like say oh this is the highest level of um, highest of level of leadership. I, I mean, I see that in the executive to- coaching world uh, that you've set up a role model mm-hmm. and say this is the leader we aspire to. And then you suddenly you see a lot of people who are even at their heart, very selfish. They try to, you know, display those kind of behaviors. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that happens in nature, too, mm-hmm. you know, that <laughs> certain animals, you know, they are aggressive, but sometimes they can be like as gentle as a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, look forward to our next discussion and maybe we can uh, dig a little bit deeper. But using uh, this text, you know, to talk about uh, our world and see, you know, where we can continue to. Uh, walk the timeless way uh, re- is really fun. So uh, enjoy our conversation. I hope our listeners also find something useful uh, from, you know, our exchange of ideas. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We make this podcast for you and it's entirely listener supported. If you find value in our discussion of DAO, please consider making a small donation at walkingthetimelessway.com. We also want to hear from you. Please write to us anytime via our website.